All right. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host for this episode, Brendan Sinone. I am joined by Chris Nee. Uh, maybe Zach Blostein. He asked if we were going to do a text or a text. He asked via text message if we were going to do a podcast today, but he asked it like at 2 a.m. in the morning. The answer this morning at 7 a.m. was yes, we'll do it at 9. It's 9.30 and we're getting started. I think Zach's still sleeping. So not great communication by the Knowles 24-7 staff, but we're here. Uh, we're live on YouTube. This will be on the podcast feed up uh, probably by a uh, late morning here on Monday. Chris, uh, how are you feeling after FSU's blowout win over Southern Miss? 66-13. Um, win feel as lopsided to you in real time as it did, uh, as it did uh, the stats would have indicated, I guess. Well, to bring back the old ESPN game control metric, it really felt like FSU controlled this game from beginning to end. I I, I didn't fret over it. Southern Miss, I don't think you're going to open the playbook all the way. FSU took a lot of shots, and they hit at a lower rate than they usually do. They outgained their opponent by 300 yards. They dominated that game from beginning to end. I I, I understand, like, people want perfection and some clamor for that, but, like, I left that game thinking FSU did exactly what they should have walked in that building and done today. They played 100 players. They unloaded the bench, got a lot of young guys, some experience, got them a lot of reps, and they looked fine doing it. They took care of the ball. They scored touchdowns through the air. They scored touchdowns on the ground. The defense played a very high-level, very good game where they really allowed only one drive of any substance before it was down to the second and sometimes third team for FSU on defense. So, yeah, I, I, I left perfectly – content with what i saw from florida state a uh, shout out to notification gang we just kind of decided to do this people in the mentions are uh, rip game control 2014 to 2015 yeah i, I haven't really talked about that one a whole lot since episode hey, give it time playoff rankings are coming there's gonna be some new metric we may actually have to pay attention to that chris that'll be fun well, we will have to pay attention to that almost assuredly Let's real quick, if you can, Chris, if you can find this in YouTube, throw it on the message board because we're running this live. Well, I'll do some podcast sponsors and we'll get into the meat of the podcast. I want to give a shout out to Chattanooga Whiskey. Uh, they are crushing it in the craft distillery game. I can't tell you guys like how many people have come up to me, either like going into games or just like sending DMs to like say, hey, this was surprisingly really good whiskey. I'm like, look at all the whiskey I have behind me. I know what I'm talking about. It was one of my favorite craft distilleries. Actually, my favorite craft distillery before they were a sponsor. Now it absolutely is my favorite craft distillery. Uh, they're a sponsor. I wouldn't steer you guys wrong. They do an amazing job at every level of the process from transparency with what's in every bottle to like just having one of the most unique malting processes out there. Uh, I've got my about to get my hands on a single barrel 111 proof, which will be different than their, their standard 111, which is awesome, by the way. Uh, and they also have a fall bottle and bond coming out pretty soon. We'll let you guys know when that hits shelves on the bench is also brought to you by football coach college dynasty with a 95% positive rating on steam not stream uh, football coach college dynasty is the ultimate college football management game for the PC users. You can be a coach, create game plans, call recruits, recruit players, develop your team and compete for national championships. And you have all these fun, different like features you can use uh, such as uh, developing boosters, NIL action. You can bid on players basically. Uh, official visits for recruits. You, you use the transfer portal. I'm pretty sure this is why Zach isn't here right now. He's probably playing it up till 2 a.m. So football coach college dynasty is available now on Steam uh, for 11.99. It's a great deal. Also, the battle's end. If you like FSU, whooping butt every single week and having a really good roster, sign up for the battle's end would be my advice. Uh, that's how you can actually have a grassroots hands-on approach to uh, building up a roster. And then finally, the Turner Group. Uh, we'll get into some buyers to know. They do spy, sponsor our buyers to know segment. We'll play that in a little bit. So 
Whew. Is that good, Chris? Did I nail yeah, it? Good job. Efficiency. Thank you. Yeah, we got a lot to get to here today, buddy. Uh, FSU 66, Southern Miss 13. Uh, 554 yards of offense for the Seminoles to Southern Miss is 258. Chris, FSU had 100 players play. Uh, true freshman accounted for nearly 300 snaps. This came six days after a primetime win over LSU in Orlando. So short week, road game technically right. Physical opponent, a lot of emotions. On paper, is everything you wanted. Uh, this was a part where I was going to ask Zach for the atmosphere and what the new lights look like, but he's not here, so I'm going to delete that off the script. Uh, let's get into it, Chris. A lot of the conversation has shifted to what was concerning. And I think we should talk about that. Like there were elements of it not being perfect, uh, but I think the tone is important here. It's like you, you were favored to win by, I think, 30 and a half points. Yeah, 31, right. somewhere in that ballpark. You exceeded and it. You, you covered. You almost won by 60. Like you doubled the, the point spread. And it was not the cleanest game. We will get to that. Uh, but like, let's talk about what, what we leave feeling good with, right? Like what, what do you walk away from this contest, Chris? And all right, that was encouraging. Well, you didn't start Marie Smith. You didn't start Robert Scott. That's two of the eight that you look at as your primary offensive lineman. You handled things pretty well up front. I thought Darius Washington did a very good job of snapping it, kept it clean. In general, I thought the O-line had a good day. Running the ball, important after LSU. LSU, obviously, very talented defense up front. You're not going to have a great deal of efficiency up front. FSU ran for 300-plus on 37 carries, four touchdowns on the ground, 8.3 per carry. Trey Benson got going a little bit. Uh, I thought other guys like Isaiah Holmes, uh, Brock Glenn, who came in at quarterback, Rodney Hill, some of the others that got opportunities, made the most of it in the running game. Passing-wise, Jordan Travis, 15 of 29. Uh, I Not his best game, not his worst game. I was perfectly fine with how he played. I think the numbers, you have to dive in a little bit. A handful of drops in there. Not a handful, probably about three technical drops in that. You also had multiple shot plays that they just didn't hit at a high rate. FSU's going to take shots especially when the defense is playing them as Southern Miss was, giving them one-on-ones to challenge down the field. And FSU didn't hit at the highest rate. If they did, it's even more of a blowout. That's probably the number one thing offensively I would look at and say, well, that could have been better on the day. Defensively, I really don't have any complaints. I thought they bothered the passer really well. I thought they got after Frank Gore, didn't allow him to get on the rails. I thought they played with consistent, very high-level effort while also diving into their depth. And I'm talking more so when the game mattered and you're dealing with first team than just diving into the depth of running guys out there. Um, I thought the secondary communicated well. I thought it was improved versus what we saw in the LSU game, which I didn't think was bad, but I thought it took another step forward in that group. You know, I, my main concern defensively coming out is Akeem Dent. How healthy is he? We saw him go down grabbing his hammy after the play to the sideline when they gave up one of the few chunk plays they allowed in the game. I think they only allowed 10 chunk plays total offensively to Southern Miss. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't come away from the game all that concerned. I thought Fitz kicked it well. I thought the punt game was fine. FSU was highly efficient. They scored on, I believe it was seven straight drives once they, once they kind of got set there they scored on their first drive good to see them come out again and score on the first drive i think they've scored on every first drive of a half so far this year that's one of those numbers you always want to look at i think it's important that uh you set a tone to each half and how you're going to perform on the day yeah i i only want to give southern miss so much weight like to me that's what it is it's a game southern miss into a even probably a lesser degree bc who i think is pretty god awful are just games that you have to get through, play well, try to stay healthy, try to get better, use it as almost a high-level practice against a capable opponent as you're preparing for the Clemsons and you're coming off the LSUs. That's what September's always been to me going into the season. And like a lot of what the 
okay we'll get into it but like a lot of what the i think the consternation has been was like it didn't look always smooth like you mentioned the jordan travis numbers like they weren't great and yet you look at like some of the advanced metrics for him uh he had a 90 pff grade uh, i think his qbr was in the upper like there's a um i can't remember what website put it out but they they showed like his qbr per espn was in the top uh quarter of the the uh, college football so like it was not an A game by, at all for the offense. Uh, there are some more insidious things that I, that I think are alarming that we'll get to, but like you still did a really good job. The offense averaged 4.7 points per drive. For context, only one team last year averaged more than that against a group of five opponent. That was Ohio State with that offense, with C.J. Stroud, the number two overall draft pick. The offense scored on six of its eight first drives. Like It was really efficient and effective, and the defense only allowed, the first team defense only allowed 72 yards on about eight or nine drives. Like, it's awesome that we can be nitpicky. I think that's because we're viewing this team, Chris, right in the scope of like, can it be a playoff team? The answer is like, absolutely. Yes. It has the potential to be, it always had the potential to be. And I think those expectations have been amped up to like, you're talking about 10 win team. Now it's probably like an 11 win team. And maybe if it plays great football, 12. And that's, I guess maybe what we're judging it by. I think some of the viewpoint is if they played with some of the shortcomings, some of the things they did, poorly in quotations in this game versus a Clemson who's viewed as a better opponent would they you know be fine I don't think they're going to approach the Clemson game like they approached the Southern Miss game I guess that's the way I view it I just so I don't think Mike Norvell ran out there and said let me open up every page of my playbook and do everything I can and we're going to get the run game going by being as aggressive as humanly possible in the running game we're going to put that on film so this opponent in two weeks can definitely prepare for it I don't think they did that you know, what they put on film for an opponent to prepare for? An onside kick that they executed really well. Because therefore, you have to dedicate more time in your practice to special teams, taking away from other things. But in general, I don't think they they went out there and just busted the playbook open and play. I think they want to play technique and fundamentally sound on defense with good communication. I think they did that. I think offensively, they want to be efficient, run the ball, establish that they can run because they believe they can be a very good running team. They still believe that and go and score points. And if Southern Miss is willing to give you shots, go ahead and take them. And if they hit a little bit more high level on shots, I don't think any of this discussion is happening. I think the frustration that may have came from some people from that game is that they did struggle with some shot plays. And let's be honest, Johnny Wilson played poorly. He did not have a good day. He looked frustrated. He, I don't want to use the word gut bench, but he obviously came out of the game relatively early and did not return to action. It is what it is. Hopefully he bounces back from that. He has struggled the last two weeks well, with some of that, but in let, general, let me real quick, Chris, let's yeah. stop there. Cause I do want to, I, I do want to push back a little bit on, I don't want to be dismissive of what we saw with, with Johnny. I don't want to make too much well, of it. It's two games where he's had some of those concerns. And, but, and, and well, real quick to just for full context and, and full, feel free to take over after, but like we, we were there at every single practice, spring practice camp. Like we have someone representative and he was Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And the and the people talking about the drops were a thing last year. Yes, they were a thing last year. They weren't a thing in spring practice. They weren't a thing in preseason camp. I said on the podcast last week that one of the reasons why I got a little jittery before LSU was that he did not have a good day of practice leading up to it. And he had a so-so one uh, a few days, uh, a week before the LSU game. So two yeah. out of the last four practices we saw were not Johnny's best practices. They were aggressions. Whatever, small sample size. But then when it comes out in two games and you see a drop against LSU, a drop against Southern Miss, in addition to just a lot of frustration not being able to win 50-50 balls, 
that is something, Chris, that I look at and say, okay, that doesn't make me feel inherently great given how important he is to this right. offense and, and what its ceiling is. That's that's what I want to touch on. But I go back to last year when we had a kicker that couldn't make kicks because he looked like he was unable to kick the ball. They stuck with him. They rode through it. They got out of it. They felt better about it. I feel like Johnny's going to go through something similar. I think the confidence in the building at Johnny still exists. They understand he had a bad day. I might use the term rough something in the post game with regards to how Johnny performed in the game. Everybody understands it. They're very truthful with one another in that building. But I, you know, I expect Johnny Wilson to get back on track. I guess that's the simplest way I can put it. He did not have a good game. He catches what he had, what, three balls that went to his way. What was he targeted total? He was targeted five times and not come down with a single pass. His EPA per per reception was like minus six. I mean, so So it wasn't good. Yeah. So split that in half which I think is what we at least expect from Johnny on a generally mediocre day for him. You feel a lot better about the performance. The yardage is over 200 for Jordan. The offense is humming a little bit more. There's not the frustration that we saw at times in the first half. That, that to me, like, I feel like a lot of the nitpicking, the little things that concern people, I feel like a lot of it all goes back to the refreshing moments for the offense. Jordan forces one into what double coverage to key on in the end zone, if I recall correctly, in the middle. Forced one downfield to Johnny. It was the the last play Johnny was in, and Destin Hill's crossing under. So there was a few yeah, times. And he's wide open. Yeah. Was one of the things I love about Jordan Travis's game and how is he takes what's there, right? And I think he was just we'll have to ask him, like, was he just trying to kind of force the issue? Is that just what he saw? Because he saw often one-on-ones downfield, obviously not always like. Like, there's things to critique. It's F- FSU ran 69 offensive plays. Nice. How many bad plays did they have offensively? I think they only had, like, three or four negative plays. But I'm saying in general, plays oh. that you would mark as inefficient, poor, uh, busted assignments, or play was there to be made and it was not made. Is it right. 10? Yeah, I was going to say 10 was the number that came to right. mind. So that's one in seven. Yeah. In general, that's a pretty damn efficient day for an offense, especially one that ran a lot of dudes out there and played a lot of people. I, yeah. I just – I, I can't get – I can't hand-ring over a 53-point victory against Southern Miss on a short week. I just can't do it. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm being a homer. Well I'll, – I'll own that. I'm being a homer here. <laughs> Former Mr. Pessimist has become the homer. How the turntables have turned. The, the pendulum swings, baby. Um, no, I mean, like, there's things that you could put – I think it's just how much we put, like, emotional stock into something, right? It's like we can – you and I are both saying the same thing. We're both saying, oh, this didn't make me feel great. And it's just like, okay, then what does that mean? Like, do we think Johnny Wilson's going to go in a shell and not catch a ball the rest of the season? That would be a hell of a thing if it happened. It's not likely. Uh, do we think that FSU won't be able to run counter effectively this season? Well, they ran the hell out of it last year, and they have a better team this year. Like, do we think they're not going to be able to effectively run counter this season? Like, they have to get better at cleaning things up. It's week two. They're without Maurice Smith. Do you know how important Maurice Smith – and Darius Washington played well. Do you know how important Maurice Smith is to getting pre-checks, like pre-play checks, and just knowing where to get everyone aligned to before each play? He has over like 30 career starts as a center. That's not insignificant. And then Darius Washington is his number two start ever as a center. Like, I, I'm not losing sleep. Well, the only thing that bothered me the day after Chris was Johnny Wilson. And it was more the body language and how he responded. It wasn't that he dropped the ball. It's how he responded to it. That's looked, the thing that looked, bothered me. He looked like he went into dumps, which stinks. It's not good for a young man who's turned in a lot of really good plays for his program and obviously came off a ball game where he was spectacular and, had some good moments even against LSU as well as some bad moments. It was a bad night out on the field for him. I, I presume we're going to hear Mike Norvell kind of staying on his ass in practice this week. That's what I expect because that's what Mike does. He's going to force response 
from individuals. It'll be fun. It'll be it'll be a fun thing to monitor, and we're fortunate to have that access and that ability to see it. Um, we'll do our film review, uh, the X's and O's boys. I'll join them tonight on Monday evening. And like AB and I differ on some of the things that we found to be significant or insignificant, but I think it'll be interesting to go and say these are the things that need to get cleaned up. This is what needs to get better before you start evolving on to I mean, you have BC this week, but then you have Clemson coming up. And while Clemson looks supremely vulnerable, uh, it's still a good defensive front and the ability to create a lot of pressure and do a lot of uh, create a lot of issues and do a lot of things schematically to put pressure on you. So room to improve. Uh, last thing on this game, Chris, I want to talk about is we talked about FSU emptying the bench, getting to play a lot of true freshmen, just a lot of guys on the two deep, three deep, four deep in general. That's really cool. That's good to see. Um, some who, some, some who narratives jumped out at you. Some narratives are getting blown up a little bit. So who do we want to see? Let's say three players each who we want to see more of. I'll start off. I'm not going to take your main guy. I know who you want. Um, I don't know who I want. So who do I want? You want Conrad Hussey more. I do love Conrad Hussey, but you I actually wasn't going to take Conrad because I've already, I've already, you know, I, I banged that drum earlier. Um, I was glad they gave Hussey a lot of reps. I think that was in part because Akeem got hurt in the game because he is a guy that got to get up to speed if Akeem's unavailable. But go ahead. Um, you do yours uh, first. All right. Well, so if it just had to be me, and I didn't have to think about what you were doing. Because I Holmes is the first one who comes to mind. I really liked what I saw with him. Uh, yeah. I thought explosive he on a forty-yard run. And he did like the it was the run before that he had, uh, <coughs> or I think in the earlier quarter, uh, or the quarter prior, where he, he stuck the right run. foot in the ground and quickly changed to the left. Yeah. Yeah, that was like, but that's what we've seen from him. Yeah. Uh, for him to be able to hit the the hole that he had and score on forty yards, the next one, I was like, all right. So what we've seen from him exists, and there's another level in game two. Like, all right, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of him. That's one. Uh, Conrad Hussey is number two. I thought he looked really comfortable out there. The main thing for him is just reps is what he needs. Uh, he's only been here since what late May, early June. So I mean, he's just someone who needs practice time. Uh, if he were here in the spring, I'd expect him to be your third safety probably, or at least pushing for it. Uh, so I'd like to see uh, more Conrad Hussey. And then number three is Darren Williamson. He got featured pr- quite a bit early in the game. That was great. Mike Norvell mentioned that he was a little dinged up. That's been the thing with Darren Williamson. But like, if he's able to practice consistently, like, yeah, like that's, you saw the athleticism there. Uh, and then cheating a fourth one, Hiking Williams just deserves to be more involved uh, with how he's blocking. Uh, obviously still has a lot of room to go, but I'm happy they've had him in the rotation the last two weeks, and I think he's deserving of, of more and more. With Hakeem, uh, it's kind of wild if you split the last six weeks up for him. The first three weeks of camp were a grind for him. He Conditioning had to get up to snuff. He was getting pushed. There was a lot going on there. He's been really good the last three weeks. He had really good practices leading up to LSU, and his blocking in the two games has probably made Ron Dugans really excited. Ron loves guys that will block on the perimeter, and Hakeem has been a high-level guy. All right, my three. Offensively, I'm going to start with Deuce Span. Uh, not maybe necessarily a ton more, but man, it's fun to watch him do some gimmicky stuff. Obviously, he had to throw in game one, but the run in this game, the speed he flashed for a guy that size, that's why he's intriguing. That's why Mike Norvell kind of likes to try to figure out a way to play him. Uh, honorable mention on offense, Brock Glenn, go Glenn Hive. Um, Glenessance is what they're calling <laughs> The Glenessance, yes. Defensively, I liked what KJ Sampson did. Uh, mm-hmm. As you look for future pieces with the defensive tackle room, I think KJ is a kid that's going to develop well. I think he's got the right personality for Odell. He's a big body. He's athletic. He's a tough kid. I think there's a lot to work with there. I really like Blake Nich- Nicholson, too. Yeah. Uh, just different kind of athlete at that position. Kalen's the only other guy in that room who's on par with him athletically, in my opinion. 
and you want him flying around and hitting people. Blake's got to develop some, but it's there. I mean, he le- he ended up leading FSU in tackles, and he played a good amount of reps in the second half. But I, j- I just saw Blake kind of stood out on him. Also had good coverage on the one where he, he uh, played it to out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. For him to go and stick with a wheel pattern that far downfield, I think shows his athleticism and and like the guys you mentioned, like all of them are well, speci- specifically the ones you mentioned, Chris. I can think like KJ Sampson. Like there have been moments in preseason camp where you were like, yeah, like that. That's what it looks like, and to see it manifest itself in a game, even if it's only a couple reps, like that's cool. Uh, you don't expect him to be a contributor this year, but like for the future, yes, thumbs up. You know who we didn't mention was All Day Dre. First touch, 13-yard <laughs> yeah. touchdown, showed that he can zip down the field like we know he can. Yeah, so. that looked good. Yeah, that looked, that looked good, and that looked like how it's supposed to, and he's someone who I think can help you as the year progresses. Like you can find things for him to do. So a lot of true freshmen uh, got to play. A lot of narratives just <sighs> through the smoke. You want to play by Sinone? I like the usage of that. Uh, yeah, sure. Brought to you by the Turner Group. The Turner Group. Uh, if, in this housing market, you're going to need a skilled team to help you in the buy or sell process. The market is ever-changing and having a skill-based agent is important. Don't so known on pursuing your dream home just because you're intimidated by the process. Also, school started. If, you're, if your little rugrat has landed in Tallahassee and uh, they're here for the fall and they hate their roommate or their rental property, like not as advertised and it's gross and cockroaches all over the place or roommate is like a drug addict or something like that, give Colin a call. Good Lord, man. You are really pushing this one. <laughs> not, not, Colin's not going to be able to help with drug addiction, sorry, Colin, but he'll be able to help maybe uh, find you a, a better landing spot and just be able to talk you through process and what your options are. So you reach out to Colin at 407-403-8546, uh, the Turner Group. Let's get started on Byer Sinone, Beta Knowles, 8587, Byer Sinone. Based on what we've seen in the first two weeks, Chris, FSU is one of the four best teams in the country. I'll buy that. I, I think they're an elite offense. I think they're good defense, a pretty high-level defense, truthfully, um, but they're an elite offense, and God knows I don't like using the word elite. Bye. Yeah, right? Like, their two wins are probably the best combo of Power 5, Group of 5 win in the country, maybe other than Texas beating Rice and Alabama on the road. But, like, even then I can make the argument. Like, yeah, FSU's two wins are as good as anyone's in the country. They're ranked number three in the AP poll, and I, th- I think that's deserving. Like, this team looks to be a top four to five team, and, and the ceiling for it to get even better exists. Uh, next up, no blooded, I'm uh, at 2525, Byers sponsored by the Turner Group. This team is even better than you guys thought. Uh, yeah, I think it is slightly. I, I felt really good about the offense. I, I feel like I did a good job of putting it out there throughout the preseason. I felt like the offense could be a high level elite one. I think the thing for me that I've liked a lot is that the secondary feels like an improved unit. And that's one of those things I need to see to believe. Yeah. I'll buy that. I thought this was a top five to 10 team. And now I'm falling into the category of it being a top five team. So yeah, I mean, it's a tier better than I thought. Uh, and, and the upside for more exists. Kinhoon 25 by Arsenone based off the trajectory of the season. This, this was going to be for Zach Chris, but he hit his snooze button apparently. Uh, do you see FSU finishing with a top four recruiting class this cycle? Uh, I I will lean towards by, but they got to pull a couple out of the hat. Uh, Jeremiah Smith would be the big one, obviously. That would be a massive addition. That would help push that grade up. They have to retain what they have in the class, but they're big game hunting down the stretch. And, you know, they've done a really, really good job recruiting this cycle. So, yeah, I'll lean towards, I think they can actually pull that off, which I did not, you know, three, four months ago. I, 
I thought they'd be a top 10 class, but top five, I thought was going to be tough to get to. Yeah. I also know, I think they'll be right outside five ish or so. I mean, we're, we're nitpicking here. We'll see if like Florida's class falls apart. Like that would maybe potentially help you raise up uh, the rankings just through uh, attrition there. Uh, but if you go ahead and land a Jeremiah Smith, which is totally like on the table, that's a thing that could happen. Uh, that's realistic. Then, then you'll probably are looking in a, in a top five class. Um, I'll just, just to be a little different. I think they're right on the cusp of it. Uh, and the question was specifically four. I think there'll be five. Sue me. AV503, Byerson-Own. Norvell and going for it on fourth downs. Uh, he just put a disclaimer in there, Chris, that he's a fan of taking the points over fourth down gambles. Byerson-Own, not a gambles? By- Byerson, uh, I mean, it depends if you want to look I'll, at I'll it. I, th- I think Norvell has a... FSU played for fourth down, I think, in two out of five situations where they ended up going for it on fourth down, mm-hmm. and they converted four out of five times. They put themselves in winnable situations. I think it sets mentality for the team. I think they understand sometimes they're playing four down football. I, I'm perfectly fine with it. I thought the answer in the post game was excellent where he's like, essentially, we have confidence if we do not get it to hand it off to the defense and that they can go out there and do what needs to be done. And I think the defense has confidence in that, too. So I I think it's within the culture of the program. I think it works. And I think they do a good job play calling to set themselves up for high level success in fourth down situations. There was one time where it was like fourth and medium. Maybe it was like four or five. Maybe it was three. And they were at midfield and it was early in the game and I thought the defense was playing so well. I was like, I'd punt it and then force them to put game pressure on Southern Miss and see if you can get a turnover or something like that, or just punt it and you get it right back. Uh, presumably right where you just had the ball, maybe even better. And Dane next to me got so like offended by that. He's like, no, you punt the ball because your defense is playing well, or you, sorry, you don't punt the ball. You go for it and for them because your defense is playing so well. Um, so I, I, my thing is like, do you have a mindset? Do you have an ethos as a play caller and do you stick to it? Right. Like, and obviously you have to be malleable based on situations, but uh, are you staying true to who you, you are ultimately? And yeah. like, FSU and you, wants to be better on third down, but they, they, all teams do a lot of situational, but FSU hammers situational. Yeah. It is a daily focus and they put a great deal of effort into it. So, And when you, you mentioned this being like a, a and to an extent, ex, excuse me, an extent, a glorified practice, um, like being able to pick up four out of five, fourth down, like that's good, valuable in-game reps to have like, hey, there's real game pressure here. If you don't get a first down, the ball goes back to the other team. Like that is something that you can take and, and build on later on in the season. Like I don't, I'm not concerned that they got into that many third and fourth downs. Like I'm really not, like I, I, I'm just, I'm not guys. It's playing with numbers. They were four of 12 on third down, but they ended up being four or five on fourth down. So in reality, they converted eight of 12 instances where they were trying to continue. (laughs) Like, that's cool. That's good. That's another good day uh, at the office for for FSU's offense when it comes to to, uh, situational efficiency. Destin Noll asks, buy or Sinone, Hussey starts at safety this year. I'll buy that. I think you it think comes we'll at one? some point. Yeah, uh, between Dent getting a little banged up here, and I just I think Hussey's that guy. I mean, heck, I beat the hell out of Brett Nevitt's arm when I thought he picked off that ball in the first play he was out there for. So I, I'm a big believer in Conrad Hussey. I think he's – I like guys that are different athletically who just seem to have a knack for getting around the ball but are also willingly physical to play that position. I don't know if I'll, I'll also know that he starts. I think he'll play like that third safety role and play like 30, 40 snaps in a game again. Because um, you think Brown and Knowles would claim the two I think Knowles they like and they have trust in. And yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with Dent's injury. We got to see him walk onto the sideline. He had a bandage on his left knee, but he was walking around, which is generally an encouraging sign, right? When you're talking about a, 
it looked like a hamstring when it happened in the game. Right. Um, and those could be nagging, and and you got to see how things like after they stop swelling, uh, catch a show, uh, how they they settle down a little bit. So we'll see. But like I think Conrad is positioning himself to be a high end rotational guy, borderline starter. I'd be nitpicky here. Um, next up, GNV Noel. Caveat: Weird things happen in Boston College. Like it just it just weird. Especially red happen. bandana game. A red bandana noon game, Chris. Like, it's yeah. just got all the ingredients. With a potential of a hurricane in the area, too. So, like, we're just – we're throwing everything in the mix here. We're just – you know, it's like create a situation in a video game. And, yeah, I'll do that, too. Why not? <laughs> all right. Question. Buyers to know the bench gets emptied in Boston. Uh, I'll buy that. I watched a good bit of that Holy Cross game, and holy hell, BC sucks. <laughs> holy crap, BC sucks. All right. I'm I'm buying, too. I think – what's the point spread? 28 and a half points FSU's yeah. given. Um Sorry, the line. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think FSU should, on paper, win that pretty handily. I don't think you'll be able to play a hundred players this week, but I think you'll be able to get into the twos and maybe even the threes. Yeah, you, you can't allow Thomas Castellanos get wild and get free early in the game, put some points on the board, and make it more interesting than it needs to be. If you do a good job of kind of keeping him hindered and early, put some lights on the scoreboard for your side of the ball. I think that's a game that you can very easily take. I'm with you. Tommy C, former UCF quarterback. One-time FSU semi-target. Yeah, just not as a quarterback. Uh, Zach yeah. will write about that later. Offensive athlete. J-Rod, 31, Byers the Miami and Duke games are more concerning than the Clemson game. I can't get there yet. I I'm still – I'll still send them – you've lost seven in a row to Clemson. You're still going to Clemson's place. Clemson at this point is sort of backed into a corner because, well, I know they blew out Charleston Southern in the end, but that game was very uncomfortable for about a half. Um, so I'll, I'll sit down. I do think Duke is truthfully the better football team out of those two, not just because they won the head to head. I just think Duke knows who and what they are better than Clemson currently does. Clemson's skill underwhelms the heck out of me. Uh, Shipley, very, very good, not knocking Will Shipley at all. And they still got some decent, capable defensive talent, but they're not near as scary at tight end and receiver as they have been in past years. When was the last time they've lost at home? I don't know offhand. Was it did Pitt beat them there? I don't know when the last time it may have been recently. I it, it's a tough place to play. Um, right. and I know they've had a pretty good streak going into uh the last year or so. So, regardless, like even though they're down, like it is tough to go into Death Valley and win games. Um, Rusty is saying they lost to Pitt, so yeah, that I down. thought it was Pitt. Um, but re- regardless, I know Chris is gonna look that up. I don't want to get too derailed on it as I'm talking about it, like it's just. They're going to have a good defense. Um, you're going to have to bring a really sharp. I don't necessarily say A game, but your your B B plus game is probably going to have to be on the table. Uh, Miami looked really good athletically this weekend. They looked fairly well coached against Texas A and M. Jimbo secondary looks like hot mess. Boy, DJ Durkin, great hire there. Woo! And just a no, I'm not going to get into that defense was atrocious. And I'm not even trying to knock Miami. Like, good for Miami. You lit up the scoreboard. You allowed, what, 33 points, and you still easily won because you hit big play after big play vertically, and it felt like Tyler Van Dyke could stand back there, make a lunch, eat a sandwich, and throw a complete pass because that's how piss-poor pass rush by a bunch of four- and five-stars was for Texas A&M. But, man, like, come on, a and Like, you're, you're getting exactly what you deserve. Congrats, guys. <laughs> Um. Yeah, but yeah, Miami looks very 
very competent and capable right now, which that's honestly, like, I know we like to give them crap on here. Uh, I do specifically, but like, that's good for college football for Miami to look, look relevant. And that should set up for a fun game in, in November for Florida state. And Duke was one preseason, like we were all intrigued by. Um, I think that's a real thing. Like, I think that's looks like an eight win team to me. So like, I like yeah, those teams would be good, but like still playing at Clemson, I, I can't dismiss like that will not be fun. Um, you know what? Real quick, Chris, I should have done this a little earlier. We didn't talk about Keon Coleman at all. Yeah, and like, man went out there and won the 100 meter hurdles while playing a football game. Let's start doing a player of the game, and we'll spon- have it sponsored by the Battle's End because uh, okay. you, you like you like guys like well, Keon I mean, Coleman on your team. I, I feel like you know Trey Benson made a nice case with three touchdowns on the ground, but Keon Coleman leaped over a man after staying in bounds. So like, yeah, he wins it by default in my world. And it wasn't just that he leaped over someone. It's that he tried doing it earlier on that drive and didn't work out for him. He's like, ah, screw it. I'll do it again. And he brushed off the substitution after he got hit out of bounds two plays before that. So he was pissed off when he jumped over someone. Uh, he said, I'm going to do something. He did something. Uh, Keon Coleman, really, really good. And uh, quickly becoming a fan favorite for a reason. Uh, Gasu, Georgia Southern. FSU has a gear or level it can reach that no one on its schedule can get to, by or Sonoma. I'll buy that wholeheartedly. I think FSU is the best team on their schedule. But, yes, if they start hitting on all cylinders, counter starts going for what it should be, you hit at a higher efficiency rate with shot plays, yeah, they that offense is fully capable of playing with anybody in the country and beating them. Rebel Noel, I, I buy Chris. I think we saw that in the second half against LSU. Yeah. Like that, you do that for four quarters, you can beat anybody. Rebel Noel, I agree. Rebel Noel won, buyers known. Uh, that was a very – I said I agree, and I just dismissed that and flippantly. But, like, yeah, FSU can beat anyone in the country if it plays like how it did against LSU in the second half. Let that sink in. Uh, Rebel Noel won, buyers known. Today's UNC Board of Trustees meeting impacts Daryl Jackson's waiver decision. I mean, um, it, it's about Tez, who the NCAA is also screwing over, and Mac Brown's been extremely vocal, as have others in the UNC community, instead of st- including the state governor. At the end of the day, the NCAA doesn't give a shit. Sorry, sorry to drop that on. Live, well, you already. do. Yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize, but they don't. The NCAA does not care. Like they never have. They're not about to start. I mean, I would love it. I would love for there to be legal action, UNC, to actually take the lead in something once in their lives. And, uh, you know, it would be great to see, but we'll see. I At the end of the day, I think Daryl's situation is what it's going to be. I do, too. Uh, I will say, like, yeah, I mean, for it to change, there has to be, like, a legitimate lawsuit with teeth to it and, and real pressure. And I do think some of these statements that UNC put out last week was trying to create a paper trail for it. Uh, my thought is, like, this is always going to come down to, like, if you can prove damages uh, for a player and if – yeah, the NCAA maybe backed itself in the corner with some of its wording with mental health. Because that's like something that's nebulous and it's something that you can't say you care about someone's mental health and then take away one of the most important things in their lives kind of just because you can and you change the rules after the process uh, was was finalized. So that will be fun. I don't know if it has a bearing on Daryl Jackson. Um, I'll, I'll also known it for now. I, I don't anticipate Daryl Jackson playing this regular season. Lake Knoll 69, Byers Sinone, sponsored by the Turner Group. Florida State's run defense is still a question mark. Um, I mean, it was pretty freaking good against Southern Miss. It was good in base downs, uh, sans some like scramble stuff against LSU. They're not great nationally in their ranking right now, like in the 80s or so in yards per carry, but I'll Sinone it. Like, I think it's going to be a good run defense by the end of the season. I think that's what it's trending to be. 
Yeah, I mean, Jaden Daniels probably is one that's hurt them the most, and he's probably the best scrambling quarterback, one of the best scrambling quarterbacks in the country, probably the best one FSU will face, even though Castellanos is pretty talented. Well, I mean, yeah, Jaden Daniels was the best scrambling quarterback in the country last year. You're not being hyperbolic when you say that. I thought FSU did a really good job bottling up Frank Gordon. Now, Southern Miss also kind of did a good job bottling him up themselves because they did not try to run the ball very early on. I think they had maybe one or two rushes in the entire first quarter, it felt like. But uh, Gore went for 2.8 per carry. So I'm not concerned about the rush defense. I, I think FSU's front is very good. I think FSU hasn't thrown a ton of numbers at it. I think if they had to overplay the run, that they'd be extremely effective at it. But I think they're trying to play a little more straight up. Sarasota Noel, this will be the last one. Sarasota Noel 11. Boyer Sinone, it's not how we play the game. Uh, the defense is now the more reliable unit. Uh, <laughs> Sinone, I, and I like, I've, I've died on the hill for Adam Fuller uh, well before this season because I think he's a very competent defensive coordinator and I think he now has the pieces needed to have a very good defense. Uh, potentially a great one, but, but at least a very good one. Uh, when you're talking talking about like a top 15 to 10 one, I think that exists. I still, and Chris has beaten this drum uh, all off season. I think the offense has potential to be elite. And we saw it against LSU that it, it very much so could be elite. I'm not letting uh, Southern Miss game really detract from what I think the offense can be. Like, does it have to be cleaner in big games? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it, you can't, you're not gonna be able to get away with the things that you got away with against Southern Miss. That's fine. But like the offense with the weapons it has, and it's still gelling as an offensive line. Like I, I think the the ceiling for the offense still remains top five nationally. I don't know if I feel quite that way about the defense. While I do feel really good about it, Chris. I'm Sononia. I think the unit by unit, I feel more confident in the overall units of the offense versus the overall units of the defense. I have confidence in both sides of the ball, but I feel like the offense has more potency, more capability, more uh, just uh, they can be elite. All right. I think that was a good uh, place to end it. We wanted to have kind of a short and sweet podcast here and get our thoughts on the Southern Miss game off uh, off our chest. And we'll now prepare for Boston College week. Uh, I'll be heading up there a day early. Chris will be up there. I think he has family up that way. So, like, we'll, we'll be living our lives a little bit. I don't know if we'll do a late week podcast. Dane and, and Trey will have Nola Enemy, though. We'll have that. I uh, do want to give a shout out to all of our sponsors one more time and, and you guys for, for patronizing the sponsors and, and coming – through with you know, reaching out to them, buying bottles of whiskey. Uh, you guys really stepped up with the Battle's End this past week. So, like, thank you. I know we now have more sponsors than we've ever had. I know that takes up time from the podcast. But, like, it is appreciated that you guys support us and support the people who support us and uh, make it to where Chris and I get up and, and do a podcast at, at 9 a.m. On, on a Monday morning. So, anyways, thank you all for listening, for watching. Uh, we'll talk to you guys either later this week or very early next week. Goodbye. Sticking the landing.